Good morning. Welcome in to the Aviva Stadium. We are a few hours out from kickoff for the Erlingus College Football Classic Northwestern against Nebraska. Michael McQuaid joined by Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, and Matt Coons. We'll talk to these lads in a minute, but Matt, uh, a warm welcome to Ireland. And not just yourself, but your team as well, Ben, Ollie behind us as well. Warm welcome to all you lads. And how are you feeling? This is pretty This is pretty cool, isn't it? It's, it's special. I mean, we, we've worked together before. We've done the show before, but the, the age that we've been in the last couple of years, virtually by Zoom, and now here we are in the flesh. The sun is shining. We're hours away from kickoff. What's not to love about life, life right now? Um, I suppose not two story franchises, right? Mm. Not much recent success between the two, but like a lot of history and both teams really needing a win today for maybe different reasons. Um, I suppose for Nebraska, it's all about uh, Scott Frost getting it going finally for Coach Fitz. He's been in situ so long. He doesn't do back-to-back losing seasons. Mm. So they're expecting a big bounce back. What are you hoping to see in today's game? Well, it's really well teed up because it is an opportunity for, for both teams to kickstart their season, to turn around losing seasons last year and, and to set the tone. You mentioned Coach Fitz. We've been staying in the Northwestern Hotel uh, and I bumped into him within five minutes of being there. And having covered American football over so many years, you run into all kinds of characters. I think of Pete Carroll. I think of Coach Flores last season. There are certain coaches that the moment you run into them, you realize they have this energy, this authority, they are going to be commanding respect. And you look at his history as a player as well, within seconds, he thought, this is somebody, as you said, that is not going to tolerate back-to-back losing seasons. So those players will be definitely up for it. And then Nebraska, I mean, the fan base here is incredible. And let's be clear, representing both teams' fans have flown over in, in their thousands. So there is a good contingent for both sides. But Nebraska in particular have a huge contingent there. So they're going to be demanding. They're going to be expecting their team to start the season right. So it's, it's keenly poised. Now, we did a week one show here last year in the Aviva, and at the back end of that show, we spoke about this game, and mm. it feels like it's such a long time coming. You know, we've had so many difficult times during the COVID with games being cancelled. This is this is the tour game that was scheduled. We're finally here with a game. You've had a great experience in terms of covering the NFL, and, um, you know, in terms of the BBC coverage, you know, commentating on the games, and now with this unique opportunity today. Can you just talk about your overall experience over the past few years? covering the game with BBC and obviously ESPN, your podcast stuff, and then obviously yeah, complimenting it with, with today. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm the luckiest man in the world in terms of what I get to do for a living. And But this is a new experience for me because having been a kid that fell in love with American football uh, and the NFL initially, obviously, uh, as I started to discover more and start to cover the game professionally, college football appeared. Now, as listeners to our show will know, Ben Isaacs is in the house. Hey, Ben is our resident college expert on college days. So he's the brains of that operation. But I still love watching the games regularly. And that's become, I think, a big part of football fans over in uh, in the UK. Their um, love for the game, love for the NFL, has extended to college football. But to be here and experience it firsthand is an altogether different proposition. It's interesting talking to players. I was chatting to Jay Bell, who's in, the, in, the, in town last night. And you talk to NFL players about their experiences pros versus their experiences college players. And they have so much affection for the latter for all kinds of reasons. But you see up close, you know, one of the first things I saw getting to the hotel was one of the Northwestern players and his parents just sitting in the lobby, having a chat. And you realize this is going to be such a special experience, really a lifelong memories for so many people here, not just the players, the bands, the cheer squads that have come over, uh, and of course the fans. 
I heard some of the bands yesterday and I have to say it looks really, really cool. Can't wait to see it today. And we've already promised Ben that he's going to be on the Notre, the Notre Dame show next year. So he's, <laughs> I can't wait to hear it next year. I feel awful now. Um, no, not obviously we've met you in London numerous times now. Had, we were having a crack in Tottenham last year. This stadium is pretty cool, isn't it? It's really set up well. And it's okay. It's not in terms of you haven't got that big stand there, but it's still very good for this sort of game. And you really do feel very close to the field. That's the key, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's the proximity. And I think, of course, the, the Spurs stadium, but even you know the last number of Super Bowls, so Atlanta, SoFi, of course, um, and Minnesota, brand new stadiums have an incredible edge in terms of acoustics, no doubt about it. But there's nothing more impressive, I think, than being so close to the action and that proximity. So I think it's teed up perfectly. I suppose, man, just kind of talking about the college game, the fact that used to be that maybe college and NFL were so different. Mm. But what we're seeing now is in every position, right? I'm thinking Jamar Chase. I'm thinking Justin Jefferson came mm. right in, produced. But even on the O-line, right, we're seeing mm. Rashawn Slater has come in and been a superstar. Tristan Wirth mm. from day one looked like the best right tackle in the league. For for those who are maybe not as familiar with the college game, it's super exciting. But it, this is not a million miles away from NFL quality, right? Right. I mean, we had this conversation ten years ago. It would depend, obviously, on on the college team we're talking about. But the transition from college to the pros for most positions has changed dramatically, particularly offense, of course. Uh, and you mentioned some wide receivers there. You know, back ten years ago, it would be a given that a rookie wide receiver is given a pass if they have a standout season relatively speaking, get a thousand yards, 10, 10 touchdowns, whatever the marker is, that would be exceptional. Now it's expected. You're expecting receivers to hit the ground running. And that is for all kinds of reasons, but not least, as you suggest, the closer correlation, the adoption of offenses and offensive mindsets and schemes by the pro game from the college game, which back in the day, there was far more, um, uh, far more of a gap for, for so many of the organizations, whereas now a lot of it is becoming blur- more blurred, which is, which is, as you say, makes the transition a whole lot easier. And that, I suppose we're, we're conscious that the, the UK now have three games. Uh, Germany now has been confirmed that obviously it's a commitment to Germany for the next three years. And as you can tell, most of our supporters are chomping at the bit for an NFL game right. to be played here. There was, I suppose, there was friendly games in the, in the late 80s, and the Steelers, who have an Irish heritage, were very keen to get, get over here. And we spoke to Coach Cower, and mm. we've had the, the general manager, the former general manager, on, and he's very keen to see the Steelers come back and play in Ireland. I know it's speculation, but at what stage do you think the NFL take Ireland seriously in terms of potentially giving us a game? Because ultimately, the college game is, has recognised Ireland can host these games as a commitment for three years. At that stage, surely the NFL has to kind of take notice of this. I think this is a, a big step forward for that. I mean, the commitment to the college games that you that you have over the next few years here shows that you can host uh, as a city. I'm talking specifically Dublin here, but and as a country, you can host major events. If you look at the uh, the uh, evolution of the international series and the London games. The very first one in 2007 was a gamble by everybody's admission that was involved with it. And the suggestion was they might get one in a few years' time. But logistically, it worked so well. There was an appetite for it. Um, and a, a few breaks went their way because they were looking at holding another game somewhere else internationally. They couldn't. So the 2008 game came to London. But the key part of it was the precedent it set. We can host this. The teams are comfortable with it. There's not disruption. We were chatting about this in the bar last night, actually, that... I know it surprised you that we were in a bar last night. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about the importance of the Giants in that 2007 season winning the Super Bowl because, uh, of course, it was a touch-and-go season and they did it the hard way, but it demonstrated, well, look, the Giants, 
went on to win the whole thing, it's not going to disrupt our season or the, or the disruption clearly was minimal. So I think bring that back to your question, the fact an event like today, next year, with Notre Dame uh, out, a massive, massive entity, that will set the precedent and it will be clear that NFL games can be, can be held here. And I hope they do. Also, the final thing I'll say on that, if Bill Cowher wants it done, it will get done. That, frankly, if he, whoever he tells, it will be done. <laughs> Well, there's, there's the audio or the, the promo for this show now from, from that. In terms of that, Matt, you have your own show, the Nat Coombs show, obviously very, very successful, was listening it to the drive down in Dublin, 6 a.m. the other morning, was listening to it. Let's, let's very quickly, I know you're a busy man today, let's, let's very quickly look ahead. We are, and this is scary, we are under two weeks out from kickoff of the season. Wow. And I, know we've, I know we have a game here today as well, but is there one thing that you're really excited for this season? Because it's, it's been that season or that off-season where we were joking in February about this, lads. It never stops. Mm. Literally, I was on holiday, and the whole Sean Watson thing happened. Tim Patrick was out for the season, and I was like, "Is this ever stop? Is there ever a day in this league?" But it's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, it never stops, and it's going to be a hell of a season. Yeah, it, 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 you've nailed it. I mean, again, I remember when I first started covering the game, it, there was a definite lull or, or periods through the year where nothing really happened, you know. And now it's just a twenty-four-seven news cycle with it. And the NFL's been very smart with that. And this season. Michael, where do you start? I mean, the NFC fascinates me. Uh, it's just absolutely wide open. I think there are going to be some really interesting sleeper teams in that that will surprise people. I'm big on the Saints this year. They seem to be, let's take the Saints. They seem to divide opinion. I mean, Greg Rosenthal was on our show recently. He was flying the, the Saints flag. Iron Mike's a little bit more skeptical. You can get so many different opinions about the Saints. Are they going to be a, not just a playoff team, but a deep dive playoff team? Or... Are they going to, you know, seven and 10 and, uh, and bust with Jameis? And that's true of so many teams. I think there are so many teams in that middle, particularly in the NFC, in that middle grouping where it could go one way or the other. True every season, but it feels particularly acute this year. I suppose another team in that bracket, but who've done, I think, a great job of supporting their young QB, the Eagles. Mm. Um, are, are they kind of taking the Bills model of saying, right, we, we have a guy and we're just going to build around him? And when you contrast that to say maybe what the Bears have done in terms of Justin Justin Fields, um, that noise you can hear is Ben wincing. By the way, but but in terms of like for the Eagles last year, rookie head coach yeah. um, and QB starting his first yeah. for, as a, a first time starter, and they get to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, should they be looking at this, looking at the landscape of the NFC, and Ooh. saying? This is there for us. And the, and, the, and the NFC East in particular, right? I mean, I'm not convinced about Dallas. Um, I don't think anyone's convinced about the Giants. Although, again, they're fascinating. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones. Don't tell Brandon, the Giants fan. <laughs> <laughs> Are you convinced about the Giants? Giants fan. Are you convinced about them? Oh, well, I don't think it's going to happen. That's a no. <laughs> Unless it's an MVP year. Yeah, right. So uh, it's a wide open division. And Washington, again, you know, we've got so many questions there. So you would think it's Philly's division to lose. Of course, Jalen Hurts is, is, the, is the key here because he mentioned Buffalo and the progression in Josh Allen. It's unlike any other, certainly quarterback, arguably any player in the NFL, I would say, in the, in the last five years, just how significant and dramatic that progression was. If you get half of that from Jalen Hurts, uh, have to be a serious contender for sure. Not the Dolphins. I have to ask you about the yeah. Dolphins. Um, they've done a lot this offseason. You can yes, argue they're one of the most aggressive teams in free agency. Yeah. New head coach. And they've essentially built what I'd say is a brand new offense. I mean, in terms of Dubai and three running backs, you know, yeah. different players, some experienced players who've been around the league quite a while. And then obviously the, the big trade with Tyreek Hill. But the inevitable question comes back to Tua. Yeah. There's such a divided opinion on him. It has been since the day in which he came out. And 
don't think it helps that he's come out of the same draft as Burrow and Herbert. Mm. So where do you stand on the two? Because there's a lot of people feel if the Dolphins, there's a narrative out there, the Dolphins have a good season, but get beaten in the wildcard game. Yeah. It'll, it'll be straight away. If only we had a better quarterback as an upgrade, we could potentially make a, a deep run in the playoffs. Do you, do you go take that argument? or It's a good point. Play? It depends on that, the manner of that defeat, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, I think if it's, so if the Dolphins make the playoffs, even if it, they go out in the wildcard round, I think that's a good season. I think that's a progression that they will build on, on the basis Tua has a competent season. I think they're clearly back and they're clearly buying into him. McDaniel clearly buys into him. That's why they've made these acquisitions. One of the big misconceptions about Tua, I think, and um, this is something that Ben attests on the show, and I might was making the point on it the other day as well, with, with Waddle and with Tyreek Hill, obviously the deep threat is there, and oh, Tua doesn't have an arm. Tua has, a, has an arm. I don't know where this narrative's come from, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. I am definitely... Pro tour. I feel the rookie season where uh, he was essentially when Fitz came in and, and was pinch hinting for him at, at times, I think was a mistake. And I'm a big coach Flores fan, but I think that was a mistake. I think psychologically it said to him, you're not ready in this situation. We're going to bring somebody else in. Obviously injury has hampered his progression and just change as well in terms of offensive system. If you think about quarterbacks in the past that were high round draft picks, Sam Bradford always comes to mind, but there are plenty of others who've had a, had a difficult acclimatization because of so much change. Their progress was stunted as a result. And I think to some degree with two of that's happened, I hope now they're setting the right course and they back him at least for a couple of seasons. I'm definitely for him, but going back to what we were saying earlier, I mean, he is, again, another story in, going into these divides opinion completely. It's a really interesting one. It's something I feel like we could talk about for the rest of the next two weeks. You're emceeing today at this I am. fantastic event, Northwestern against Nebraska. Uh, tickets are uh, on sale now, ticketmaster.ie slash touchdown Dublin. Can I just publicly thank and I know we're all going to thank Matt uh, and Matt, this whole team as well, for coming down. You've got Ben and Ollie there as well, coming down early this morning to come on the show at such short notice. We really appreciate your support. Uh, we'll happily come on your show anytime to, re- to repay the favor. And uh, Matt Coombs and Matt Coombs show, search it on your podcast provider. Loads of video content online as well. Matt, enjoy the game today. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, seeing you guys in person. You guys enjoy it too. And congratulations with everything you're doing with the show. It's absolutely terrific. Love it. Thanks a million. First round is on Brian at about nine o'clock tonight. Thanks, Brian. Look forward to that.